Let's open the Scriptures together to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, uh, in the Pew Bible, page 782, 782. Isaiah 55, where the prophet speaks about the Word of God and how it goes forth with power. That'll connect with our text in John 1, where we read about the Word who was with God and the Word who was God. Isaiah 55, come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. And I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord." For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish the purpose that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle. And it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. I invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, in the Pew Bible, page 1127, 1127. As we are in the season of Advent and are approaching Christmas Day, where we hope to mark and celebrate the birth of our Savior, we're going to take a little break from the Genesis series and work a little bit in the Gospel of John. John 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word 
was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So far, our text. In response to the preaching, we'll sing together of the the faithfulness of the Lord in keeping His promise to send the Savior. Hymn 18, stanzas 1, 2, and 3. Brothers and sisters, and our Lord Jesus Christ, have you ever wanted to make a new beginning in your life, a new start? Maybe you've done something you regret, and you wish you could just erase it and start all over again. I think we have this with relationships at times. Maybe it's with your parents or your children, your husband or your wife, a classmate, co-worker, a friend. It dawns on you one day how poorly you've been treating them. You recall that you've been insensitive, taking them for granted. You've been selfish in your way of dealing with them. Maybe you've been using them to satisfy some need in yourself rather than loving them and helping them with their needs. It's been about you. You might have said harsh things, hurtful things. Wish you could take them back. Slowly, because we're not really good naturally at analyzing ourselves, so slowly it occurs to you what a fool you've been how you've burned bridges and ruined relationships. And then in that moment, you wish, you you desperately wish you could make a new beginning. If only I had a second chance, I, I, I would do this differently. Well, brothers and sisters, today is the day of second chances. Today is the day for you and me to make those new beginnings where needed with your family, with your loved ones, with your neighbor, friend. Why? Because God has made a new beginning with you and me. Christmas is all about God's new beginning in His Son. So I proclaim to you this word of the Lord, Christmas, God's new beginning through His Word. Christmas is God's new beginning through His Word. We'll see that here in John 1. Well, the words of our text are well-known words, but they're also difficult to really understand, aren't they? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I think most of us here will have memorized that at one point or another. Instinctively, we know these are profound words, but what really do they mean? We know from a little bit later in John 1, verse 14, 
that the Word refers to Jesus. It says there, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, the Word is a name for Jesus, but why give that name to Jesus? John's whole way of starting his gospel is completely different from Matthew, Mark, or Luke. You might remember how each of those gospel writers takes us back to the human origins of the Messiah, but John takes us way back to Jesus' divine origins. When you hear those words, in the beginning, what springs to mind while we've been dealing with that in Genesis, it's those early verses of Genesis, right? That's how the Holy Spirit opened the very Bible itself with those words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. So when John writes his gospel, he's hooking back into Genesis. He wants us to think of that first beginning that God made at creation. He wants us to compare what happened in Genesis with what God is doing or did when He sent Jesus into the world, because that is a new beginning. That's John's point, a new beginning in and with God's Word. Why a new beginning? Well, because the first beginning was ruined by us. That's hinted at in verse 5 of our text. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. John's using metaphors, pictures, and here it's a picture of two opposite forces, light versus darkness. Jesus is the light, and He, it says, shines into this world of darkness. What's that all about? It's a metaphor for a world filled with sin, a world which is in a state of ruin and decay because we humans messed it up in Adam. We turned away from our Creator. We turned away from the light of His presence. We decided life would be better if we listened to the devil, if we served ourselves. But life isn't better, is it? Instead, we entered at that moment a world of slavery and condemnation. Human beings, all of us, we became a self-serving lot who were under the vicious control of the, of the evil one. We actually became darkness, spiritual darkness. That first sin, it, it changed us into sinners, top to bottom, creatures with dark hearts, and evil minds. And it's horrible. This condition of spiritual darkness is horrible. Just think about how it goes in your life and mine. How, how often don't our sinful inclinations rear their ugly heads? How often don't we, we lash out at someone with our tongue? or think cutting thoughts? How often don't we look out for ourselves first and care very little for our neighbor? How often don't we fail to do our duty of love toward God and our neighbor? 
How many times aren't we busy trying to manipulate or control other people in order to make ourselves feel good? And if we think a little bit more broadly out into the world, where does the idea come from? It seems to happen so frequently. Where does the idea come from that walking into a school full of teenagers or worse or younger ones and shooting people and killing as many as you can but that's a good idea. Like, where does that come from? This happens repeatedly. Look at the hatred all over the world. The hatred of Jews continues. The hatred of Christians continues. The hatred of Americans. Look at the lying, cheating, killing, and perversion of God's ways all over the place. In the newspapers, you can read about it on the news, at the 6 o'clock news. Is this not a dark world? Well, it's into this darkness, says our text, that the Word came. And that is an odd expression. The Word, or a word, is something that we speak, right? It's a sound of communication. But here, John calls the Son of God the Word. John is making a person out of the Word. He's personifying the Word. Why does he do that? Isn't that confusing? Isn't that difficult to understand? Well, there's no doubt it's a challenge to think about this name, but God wants us to think on it deeply. We can start to understand what he's after when we think of that first beginning again. Go back to Genesis 1 in your mind and think about the importance of the Word the Word of God in the creation account. We read there, Genesis 1, verse 3, and God said, let there be light. It was a word spoken. God used His Word to bring forth the first beginning, you see. He does it over and over again in Genesis 1, and God said, and God said, and God said. We sang it from Psalm 33. By His command, He made the heavens their starry horse, host by his decree, God spoke, and it was done. God's word has this creative power, this incredible creative power, something that never existed previously, now pops into being. Genesis 1 is a new beginning like no other. The word has this special, powerful ability. We read about it in Isaiah 55 as well. So shall my word be, says the Lord, that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. It shall accomplish that which I purpose. Just a word from God. Think also of Jesus in His earthly ministry. Some of His miracles were performed this way. He only had to speak to the wind and the waves which were raging all around, and they instantly felt calm. He only had to say a word to the Roman centurion, and his servant, who was far away, was healed sight unseen. Just a word from the Lord. The Word of God is powerful like no other. It's awesome. And when you stand back, 
and take a look at what's really happening every time God speaks, it's this, we're actually getting to see a little bit of who God is. His Word reveals Himself. When He speaks and creates something out of nothing, we see a God who has absolute total power, a God of majesty and wisdom. There's no other being that can do that. When God speaks His law, like He did from Mount Sinai, we see a God who is holy and just and has no truck with sin at all. We see a God who has high standards, and yet we also see a God who has compassion for His weak people. When God speaks to save, when He announces and proclaims a rescue, a salvation for His people, then we see a God who loves us enough to save us from all our enemies, including ourselves. He loves us enough to reach into our darkness, into our enmity and rebellion, and bring us out from there into His marvelous light. And now the wonderful thing, the, the amazing, even the bewildering thing about our text is that all that God's spoken word reveals about God, says John, is now being revealed to us in God's Son. All that God showed of Himself throughout the Old Testament in the spoken word all that revelation now comes walking down the street in the living Word, Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth is the walking, talking, living, breathing revelation of the Almighty Creator of heaven and earth. God is making Himself known to us in the fullest possible way through His Son, born of the Virgin Mary, in this miraculous new beginning. Do you want to know the Creator of the heavens and the earth? Get to know Jesus, God's living Word who came to bring light into our darkness to create a new start for God's people. Our text, it brings us face to face with that mystery of the Trinity. The Word, says John, was with God. That makes the Word distinguishable from God in some way. But then he adds, and the Word was God. That makes the Word fully united with God. The Son of God who took on human nature, that Son of God, He is from eternity, from everlasting. He's the Word. He's the co-creator of the world. That comes out in verse 3. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. It's a complex teaching. It's really incomprehensible. But brothers and sisters, do you, do you see its tremendous implications for us and our salvation? We know the, the deep darkness within our own hearts, right? We know something of the dark misery of this broken world in which we live. How is it possible for anyone to change those realities? How do you change dark hearts? How do you change the world? 
Even if God would make a new start, what is to prevent you and me from perverting it and ruining it like we did at the first beginning? I mean, so many times you and I try to make new starts in life only to fall flat on our faces. Why should this new beginning be any different? Why? Because Jesus, the Christ, is the Word. He is God Almighty who possesses all power, power to create out of nothing, power to save out of slavery, power to reveal to our darkened minds the light of God's salvation, power to overcome death, power to break hearts free from murderous thoughts and enslaving ideologies and sinful patterns of living. Jesus has the power to change all that's miserable. Jesus, the Word, He knows what it took to make the first beginning. He was there. He saw what we did to spoil it, and now He has come in the flesh, fully determined and fully qualified to do something about the problem, to make a new start that you and I cannot ruin, to give us a new life which cannot spoil and which cannot be killed. For the Word, look at what John says here, verse 4, the Word has life. Look at that. The Word has life. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus, the Word, has within Him indestructible life. This is yet another amazing, astounding feature of our Savior, Think of chapter 3 of John's Gospel, 3 verse 16, that famous verse, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have, what? Eternal life. Eternal life. Indestructible life. Jesus will say it in chapter 5 of the same Gospel, For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom He will. The Son gives life because He's got life. The good news of Christmas, brothers and sisters, the good news of Jesus Christ, the Word, is that He came to bring life to all who put their trust in Him, to give it abundantly, to give it eternally, because He's got it to give. He has life in Himself. Elsewhere in John's Gospel, He is the bread of life. That's the bread we'll be eating here, right? You take the bread, you take the wine, you're drinking in by faith, spiritually, the one who has life, and you receive that life. Jesus gives us this life in a very special way. He had to first lay down his life. The very thing we're going to commemorate here this morning. The good shepherd, he had to, and he did, sacrifice his life in order to save the life of us, his sheep. 
Jesus took on the wolf as the good shepherd. He took on the bear and the lion in order to defend his sheep. He actually went further. He gave himself over to the darkness. He let himself be submerged into the icy grip of the grave so that all who belonged to him could pass through death's fingers into the warm embrace of the Father in heaven. The Word came to the earth, born of the virgin, and clothed himself with human flesh in Bethlehem so that he could later hang that flesh on the cross in Golgotha. He did all that, brothers and sisters, so that you and I and all of his people could have that fresh start. A new beginning with God, first of all, because now there's peace between God and us. Our sins no longer stand between the two of us. And as well, it's a new beginning with your neighbor because there's no way that I can keep treating other people sinfully when God has treated me undeservedly so lovingly. What God did for me has to change the way I deal with others. Has to. So there it is for you, brothers and sisters. A new start for you and for me. Have we messed things up in our relationships? No doubt we can all think of a hundred examples in a hundred ways. Do you need to start fresh with people? Come to the one who has life in himself. Bear your soul to him. Confess your sins to him. The new start is yours. It's yours to enjoy between you and God. It's yours to then enjoy between you and your neighbor. You can make a new beginning with your neighbor because the new life in you is powered by Jesus who has life in himself. He pumps blood, so to speak, through your spiritual veins so that you will develop a new pattern of speaking, of thinking, of living, the pattern of Jesus himself, of the pattern of, of humbly going low so that later you will be raised up. You will take the humble and sacrificial root of your Savior. You will be the bigger person by being the lesser person. You will seek the way of peace, the way of concord, the way of building up your neighbor, the way of repair and reconciliation. You will seek it out because that's what Jesus does and His Spirit is in you. As the light of Christ shines in you, you and I now, we need to let that new light shine out from us in order to light up our neighbor's life so that both they and us can bask in the wonder and the beauty of light that never grows dim because that light is sourced in a life that can never be destroyed, the life of Jesus who has life in himself. Amen.